Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Atlanta Man podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Rogers, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing a very busy week of transactions from the Braves, and uh, we'll also get into their game results with their uh, three-game series over the weekend with the Tampa Bay Rays. But first, we'll get into all the trades and transactions that went down, and I'll start off with the biggest one, which is Jock Peterson, who is an outfielder, played for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, formerly of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Braves traded away first base prospect Bryce Ball in return for Jock Peterson on Thursday night, just really out of nowhere, um, just kind of in uh, Alex Anthopoulos fashion, just dropping it out of the blue on a Thursday night, two weeks before the trade deadline, just, you know, the Braves just tweeted it out. There was no um, reporting from any other team, for, from, any other, from any other reporters. I know Jeff Passons were involved in this. It was just the Braves Twitter account tweets out that this happened, and that's usually how things go down with the Braves and their transactions under Anthopolis. Um, but they do get Jock Peterson. Um, he hasn't been fantastic this year with Chicago. Um, he has played three games with the Braves since getting traded, but before then, in his time with Chicago this year in 2021, he played 73 games. He said 11 home runs. He's batting 230 with a 300 on base percentage and a 418 slugging, it's a 718 OPS and a 95 OPS plus, which means that he is slightly below average of a big league hitter so far this year with, with when he was with the Cubs. So just about 5% worse than an average MLB hitter. But in his three games with the Braves, he has been pretty awesome. A very small sample size, only 11 plate appearances, but he's 4 for 10 with a homer. He's got four RBIs. He's drawn a walk, so batting 400 with a 455 on base. He's slugging 800, so that's a 1.255 OPS, uh, two, 219 OPS plus, which brings him to a 100 OPS plus on the year, on the whole, with the Cubs and the Braves. So just in his three games with the Braves, he's already made him made himself a league average hitter on his uh, yearly stats, which is good to see. Um, that's really, that's really what the Braves just need. Uh, you know, a lot of people were really excited about this, and um, I can't blame him. He's a, he's a good player, and he's been really good in the past, uh, especially 20, 2018 and twenty nineteen. He was awesome, like all star level player. Um, but he just hasn't been that same guy through twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one so far. Maybe he can find it again in Atlanta. But this is a huge need for the Braves. They had, they kind of had to go do this if they wanted to somewhat compete. In, during this next stretch of games before the trade deadline. I didn't think they were going to do it, though. I thought they were just going to say, hey, we're just going to stand put. You know, whatever happens, happens with the guys we got. That's, that's was That was my thought process. Um, but they didn't. You know, right after, right right after, right before the trade deadlines or right before the All-Star break's about to end, they go out and do this, go get an outfielder. You know, the, there was already a glaring hole in that outfield with Ron Acuna being gone. It, it made two glaring holes, and you really just cannot expect to run out your plethora of bench outfielders every day and expect this team to be competitive. You just really can. You can't run out the combination of Adrianza, Heredia, Amante, Arcia, Ender and Ciarte, you know, all those guys, and ex- expect a combination of those three guys in your outfield to win, especially when you have built so much of your production, your expected production at least, around your outfield. You know, you came in, you came into the year with Marcelo Zuna and Ronald Acuna and Christian Pache, even though, you know, 
Christian Pache wasn't expected to give you so much offensively. But Acuna and Ozuna were, and Acuna was, absolutely, but he's gone now. And Ozuna didn't give you any production, and he's been gone for a couple months now. And he's not coming back. So you kind of had to do this. Um, Jock has the pedigree to go out and put up a big second half. He absolutely does, and he's off to a good start with the Braves right now. Um, so, yeah, he, he, he has the potential to really help this team in this next stretch of games right before the trade deadline and help them get back into a position in the NL East where they have a, a chance to to make a run and um, maybe win this division. He he can help you with that, and the Braves are definitely a better team with Jock Pearson on it than without. Uh, now I'm going to get into what the Braves sent over for Peterson to Chicago. Um, his first baseman, his name is Bryce Ball. Uh, he is currently in the high A ranks of the Braves farm system. He had just turned 23 a couple weeks ago. So he's only he only has a 750 OPS in high A this year. Um, he was awesome in 2019, right after he got drafted in the low A ball for the Braves and rookie ball. But he just hasn't really been the same guy this year. Um, he still has some power, but he's just really not going to give you anything too special. Uh, now that I'm actually reading this, he has dropped to a 737 OPS in, uh, in high A this year. He was 750 at the time of the trade. He's now at a 737 OPS. Um, only six homers. He's only slugging 390, and that's just kind of concerning for a guy like him who was just uh, a slugger, honestly. He's he's a power hitter. Uh, he's got solid on base. He's on base at a, a 347% clip, but slugging is not there. He's only batting 203. And, um, yeah, and he, these are now including his uh, stats with the high Cubs. He hasn't been very good for them. Yeah, very small sample, but didn't really have it going. But with the Braves, he only had a 745 OPS on the year in high A ball. He's 23 years old, and he's a first baseman that that can barely play first base. He's more of a DH prototype. So it's just kind of – it's a very low-risk thing for the Braves here. I mean, I, like, there is a chance that Bryce Ball could turn to a solid MLB player. But um, I just I, I just don't foresee that happening. Um, he's like I said he's 23 years old and he's in high A ball still. Like he's he could be a really late bloomer, but I'm not expecting that to happen. Wish him the best. You know, he was really good in 2019. Like I said, when he was 20 years old, um, and in rookie ball and in A ball, he was really good. You know, all together his 2019 numbers, he had a 1.23 OPS and it's 17 homers in 62 games. Which is awesome. He was incredible then. He was and he was really good in the A ball too, with the Rome Braves. But and Rome this year in High A, wasn't happening. Um, and then hopefully he could figure something out. Chicago. Wish him the best. But overall, just not anything crazy that the Braves are giving up for Peterson here. It's a it's a really low risk thing. And another thing on Peterson is that he does have a mutual option for the 2022 season. So if Jock and the Braves both go to the table and say, hey, I want, we want to do this again for 2022, they can pick that up, and that's for $10 million. So that's, um, that's unlikely because these mutual options that uh, get built into the contracts every, every once in a while, they never really get picked up. It's pretty rare that one actually gets exercised, but it could happen. Um, it's not just out of the question clearly. It's in the contract for a reason. And um, if Jock has a solid second half, and the Braves say, hey, we're going to give you this $10 million if you stay with us, and Jock thinks that that's where his value lies and wants to stay in Atlanta, then it might happen. Um, a, lot of, a lot of this is going to tie into 
probably what's up with Marcelo Zuna? Is Drew Waters ready? What's what's up with Christian Pache? All all the all the outfielder questions are going to be tied into whether they're going to bring back Jock. But you know, it even you you could I I I would say that if he is solid in the second half, you know, if he if he has like an eight eight hundred OPS and he and he helps the team out, I would just say bring him back. Um, you know, the Braves not turned Adam Duvall this offseason, and I didn't like that move at the time, and it really just killed a lot of their outfield depth. And um, and now they like they could really use Adam Duvall right now. Um, but, you know, this is that's looking really far into the future of the offseason stuff. We'll get into that, into the offseason, um, if Pearson is still with the Braves, because the Braves could trade Jock again before the deadline if the Braves just, like, completely fall out of it or, like, 10 games back of the Mets. They could trade him again. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's definitely on the table if the Braves are just done, and um, you know he is a he is a, a technically an expiring contract, so the Braves could deal Pearson again. But I don't think that's gonna happen. I kind of hope it doesn't. That would just suck for Jock getting traded twice in two weeks. That that just must suck really bad. So I hope hopefully it doesn't happen. Hopefully Braves go on a little run here and uh, can maybe add another another little piece before the deadline to help the team out. Don't expect the Braves to do anything huge at the deadline. By the way. Um, just because they're doing this doesn't mean that they're going to go get Chris Bryant too before the deadline. I can, if the Braves go on a solid run here, I can expect them to add like another piece like Jock Peterson and the same ilk as him. You know, the same kind of prospect capital that you'd have to give up for a guy like Peterson. You know, maybe for a reliever. I'd, I'd imagine just for a reliever because the Braves bullpen has just been a mess. And you know, I guess they could go get another bat for the outfield that is on the table. But I would expect if they are going to make another move, it would be for the bullpen for maybe one or maybe two guys um, on expiring contracts, very cheap prospect capital involved. That's that's the way that I would think the Braves would attack going to get a bullpen arm for the second half. So that's going to do it for all the um, Jock Peterson trade talk. Uh, we'll now move on to another trade that the Braves made with the Arizona Diamondbacks for another catcher. Uh, Steven Vogt. He is a he's an older he's an older guy. He's 36 years old. Uh, but the the Braves did trade for him, and they did DFA. Uh, they did DFA Jonathan Lucroy, who they did have up from AAA, being the backup for Kevin Smith. Uh, so RIP to the Jonathan Lucroy era of Atlanta Braves baseball. We'll miss him dearly. Um, you know, and maybe they're going to get picked up. He probably end up back in AAA, honestly. So we might see him again one day. But they did trade another first baseman, Mason Byrne, to the Diamondbacks. Um, he is—he's uh, a guy I never heard of until he got traded the other day. He's a 25-year-old first baseman. He's—he's um, he's still like just sputtering around in the minors. He's still in rookie ball for the Braves, and he's 25 years old. This is—you know—I kind of called Bryce Bryce Ball giving up not much. This is nothing. Um, especially for what the Braves are getting back. It's not like they're not getting anywhere near what they got in Jock Peterson. Uh, Steven Vogt used to be a pretty solid catcher. Uh, he's a two-time All-Star, actually, with, with the A's. But he's not that guy anymore. Um, that, was, that was when he was 30 and 31. He was a solid league. He, he had a 117 OPS plus in these years, 113 the year before. So very solid hitting catcher. Especially, especially for catcher. If you can put a 117 OPS plus up as a catcher, that's really good. Uh, before coming to the Braves this year with the Diamondbacks, he had a 693 OPS, uh, 386 slugging, 307 on base. But so far with the Braves, he's played in one game, and he went two for four, or three for four, actually. 
So he's he's got a, a 1.5 500 OPS. Um, he's batting 750. So good on Steven. He's off to a hot start, just like Jock Peterson with the Braves. And that's actually raised his OPS plus up six points in one game. So he's up to 93 and a 715 OPS. If he can be that guy for the Braves, that's really good. Because what they have gotten from Kevin Smith has just not been it. And um, William Contreras was giving them some good production for a minute, but he just fell off a cliff and, you know, he he, he pummeled back down to earth. And that was kind of ex- expected with the younger guys. So he's back in AAA and he should be. So, like, since since William stopped hitting, the Braves have gotten nothing from catcher. And um, you don't have to get much, but you got to get at least, like, a little bit of something. And hopefully Vogt can provide that. Like I said, he's been good in the past. He was, in 2019, he was good. He had an 804 OPS in 2019. Um, that's two years ago. He's 36. He was 34 then. So may, maybe age has caught up a little bit, but he pretty recently he's been a solid hitter. And that was with San Francisco two years ago. Um, and if he can if he can be what he is right now, uh, 7, 715 OPS, you just take that. Um, it's better than what Kevin Smith is doing, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, just another another old man catcher the Braves have picked up. I guess they kind of a thing for old man catchers. This is the third one that they've acquired this year between Kevin Smith, Luke Roy, and now Stephen Vogt. Um, yeah, the Braves really need Darno back. That that's my takeaway from all the the whole catching situation. Hope he's supposed to come back in August. They need Darno back. They need him to be somewhat solid. Not how he was in twenty twenty because that's just you can't expect that from him. But you know you you need him to come back and be somewhat productive um, because he'd be a, a big addition, a big bat for this team to get back. All right, down to some more transactions. Um, on Friday, the Braves did put Ian Anderson on the 10-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. That was expected because um, right after his last start before the break, they said that an IL, still prob- an IL stint probably was going to happen. So nothing, nothing news-breaking there. Uh, they did option Johan Camargo to AAA, and they recalled Tukey, who's actually going to make a start tomorrow um, in, their, in, in their double header against the Padres. So Tukey will make his first appearance of the season. Um, pretty pretty excited for that, see how he looks. He had some solid starts in, um, in AAA and some bad ones, but he had like one really impressive start where you know, he started off the first three innings and struck out eight batters. So hopefully he can carry that over. Um, and then the other big, the other really like somewhat important transaction the Braves did is that they did option AJ Mentor to Gwinnett. Uh, AJ's been really rough this year. He had a rough outing on Sunday. Um, his numbers on the year are not good. He's got a 4.86 ERA, um, which I know reliever ERA isn't everything, but still not good at all. He just has not been even close to the guy he was last year for most of the year. Um, it just kind of it just really hasn't clicked for him this year. He's had some outings where he's looked good, but most of the time he's been looking kind of rough. Um, yeah, he's got a 93 ERA plus on the year after having a 5.91 last year, which is just pretty insane. He was he was awesome last year. Um, but strikeouts are still around the same. The walks are still around the same. Um, he's just giving up hits. You know, he's giving up three more hits per nine innings than he did last year, uh, which is just isn't going to work. Um, nine hits per nine is just not. It's not a number that's going to going to work. And 33, 33.1 innings, he's giving up 34 hits, and he's giving up 18 earned runs. He's got a 4.86 ERA. Um, yeah, it just hasn't. It just hasn't been working for him this year. I think he will be back with the team four years in. I think I'm just going to send him down there, work on some stuff, 
get, get a few scoreless outings in your bell in AAA, get your confidence back, and then head back up. That's kind of what I'm, I'm expecting from AJ. I don't think he'll be down there for too long unless he just gets shelled in AAA too, which I don't really foresee happening. He's, he's still got too much talent to just be this bad. He's not as bad as he has been. But, yeah, um, I'm expecting him to get strained out in AAA and come back and help this bullpen because he's a piece that the Braves need in the bullpen if they want to go on any kind of run here. And uh, one last piece of news, um, entering Ciarte to the 10-day IL. So, and um, the in uh, response to that move, they called up uh, Sean Newcomb, and they also brought up Kyle Muller, who will start making who will start making starts again after getting sent down right before the All Star break, so he could work during the All Star break and stay on track. So he'll be part of this rotation for the foreseeable future too. And that's uh, that's it for all the transactions. A pretty busy week of transactions for this team. Uh, some big, some small, like I said, but all of them are somewhat important to what the Braves are trying to do here. So we'll get into the game action now. Uh, we had a weekend set at home right after the All-Star break against the Tampa Bay Rays, and they dropped two out of three. And um, to be uh, to be frank here, I didn't watch any of these games because I was out of town and I couldn't physically watch them, but they did lose game one on Friday night, 7-6. to six. Um, Like I said, I didn't watch this game, but I did hear uh, some rumblings that Snicker was at it again. Um, I guess they didn't. I guess people weren't appreciating the the Jesse Chavez in the top of the tenth move. Uh, he did give up a run, but um, that run was already placed on second. So you know you can't really just put too much on Jesse there. Um, so yeah, but the Braves don't get a run in the bottom of the tenth, and they lose seven to six in game one. Now game two was the fun one. They went nine to nothing. Uh, Max Freed got the pill. He was awesome. He went seven innings pitch, zero earned runs, seven strikeouts. And uh, he also went 3-for-3 three three at the plate, which uh, Max has a 787 OPS on the season now, and he's batting 333, which is uh, pretty crazy. He's, he's a good hitting pitcher, but um, I don't know if he's that good. Uh, this is Jock Peterson's first start with the Braves. He did get a pinch hit appearance in game one. Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't do anything. Um, but in his first game with the Braves, first start, he went 2-for-5 with a homer. Uh, so a really, really nice uh, first start for Jock. Uh, that, that he had a kind of a back-breaking homer, honestly, to put the Braves up six to nothing. Uh, and Freddie Freeman also homered it again. Dansby had a pretty big game. Uh, and yeah, Braves went nine nothing all as well all around in this one. Really, really solid game. And then Sunday they dropped seven to five. Uh, like I said, this was AJ Minter's kind of uh, blow-up performance. He got the loss in this one. Um, Drew Smiley get got the start. He was fine. Um, just just looking at the box score, five and two thirds. Three earned runs, uh, six strikeouts. They give up a homer, but for Drew Smiley, that's really not awful, awful. Um, but yeah, Mentor had Mentor had a bad outing. Luke Jackson also had a bad outing. Uh, give up two earned runs in uh, two thirds of an inning. Um, but Shane Green and Josh Tomlin both had scoreless outings, which, which they both really needed. But Braves offense did show up again. Um, you know, Jock Peterson he went two two for four with an, two RBIs actually and a walk. So another really good game for him. Uh, Ozzy Albies had a two-hit game. Austin Riley had two hits. Like I said, Stephen Vogt in his first game with the Braves went three for four. Um, Heredi had two hits. And the Braves scored five runs. The Braves' offense showed up every game of this series. And, you know, if you tell me game one you score six runs, game two you score nine runs, and game three you score five runs, I'm going to say, oh, you win, you win at least two out of three, you might sweep. But nope. Uh, the Braves, fit, Braves pitching kind of forsake, forsook, forsaken them, I guess you could say, um, giving up seven runs in both of their losses. 
and um, yeah, that's just not not a recipe that's gonna get you very far and any and and win you some games. Um, so yeah, some a rough start from Charlie Morton and an ass start from Drew Smiley. Max Fried was awesome, but you know, he's got to pitch better, man. And that's just kind of the Braves' issue right now. Um, that's why I think adding to the bullpen is the thing to do if you are going to add anything else. You got to get more bullpen arms if you're gonna make a run. So, looking ahead to this week, uh, the Braves did not play on Monday because they did get rained out, but they do play tonight against the San Diego Padres, and then they have a doubleheader Wednesday against the Padres. Uh, 2.20 p.m. and 5.20 p.m. will be the start times for the two games on Wednesday. And then you got a pretty big weekend series. I mean, this is a big stretch for the Braves all around, but after this Padres series, which these games are important, you get into a huge nine-game stretch against NLE's opponents. First, you got four on the road in Philadelphia, and the Phillies are currently in second place in the division. So four on the road in Philadelphia, and then you go for five on the road in New York. And the Braves, as the third place team in this division, these are two or these are yeah two massive series, and every game is going to be huge. Right now, the Braves in the standings, they're four and a half back of the Mets, and they're two back of the Phillies. So. You, you really need to have a, a really nice stretch here. It's it's very important. Uh, if the Braves go four and five in this stretch, they're probably done. But if the Braves go you know six and three, seven and two in this stretch, they're right in the thick of things. So that leads me into the last thing I wanted to say before uh, we called it an episode. Um, baseball Reference they do their um, postseason projections. Uh, the percent the percent chance of a team team's um, chances to win the division and make the postseason. Um, and right now, I'm going to read off the NL East numbers for this. And right now, the favorite to win the division is not the New York Mets. It's the Phillies. The Phillies have a 39.8% chance, according to baseball reference, to win the division. And they have a 40.6% chance of making the postseason. Right now, the Mets have a 25.2% chance of making the postseason and a 24.8% chance of winning the division. And not far behind them, at 21% is the Braves. Uh, they have a 21% chance of making the postseason and a 20.1% chance of winning the division, which is a super high number for the Braves, being two games under 500. But, um, yeah, baseball reference just doesn't have a lot of confidence in the Mets. Uh, they did just have to put DeGrom and Lindor on the IL, so I'm sure that has a reason. And the Phillies have been pretty high lately. Um, they, they've they've um, increased their playoff expectancy percentage chance by 15.5 points over the last 30 days, while the Mets have decreased theirs by 24%. So pretty pretty um, wild stuff there. Um, but, um, I mean, the Braves, like they're, they're still right in it. <laughs> like, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, I don't trust the Phillies. I don't. I think they are very. It's with their projection is way too high in my opinion. Forty forty percent chance of making the postseason, and like four, and forty to win the division. It's pretty much the same thing because the NL East probably isn't going to get a wild card team. But I just I don't know. I still take the Mets over the Phillies right now, um, even though they are playing good baseball. They're forty seven to forty five, two games over, five hundred. Um, I still still really don't trust them, but. Yeah, the Braves are right into right in the thick of things, and if they have a really good stretch um, before the deadline, they are very likely to buy, and um, very likely to have a chance of winning this division. So even without Acuna and with all the bad things that have happened, here the Braves are right in the thick of it, and have a chance to do it. So hopefully, the, hopefully next week's episode, 
they'll have a good series against the Padres and a good series against the Phillies. And um, they're getting prepared for the series of the year against the Mets. And um, maybe with a chance to even take the lead in the division if they have a good week here. So hopefully, fingers crossed, next week um, things will have gone well and the Braves are in a good spot. But um, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't hold your breath because this, this season just hasn't really been that for the Braves. But who knows? Who knows? So that'll do it for this episode. Um, if you made it this long and listened to this whole thing, I appreciate it. Um, I'll be back next week. And also on next week's episode, I'll be doing some Atlanta Hawks uh, draft preview because the draft is next Thursday. So you can expect that along with all the Braves stuff. A little bit of draft preview, who the Hawks might uh, select with their first round pick they do have the 20th overall pick so that'll be on next week's episode so i will see you then and uh, thank you for listening